0: I want to take a minute to tell you about Federal Access. Federal Access is our coaching and training platform that we develop for government contractors. The resources in Federal Access have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. When you become a member, you're going to get access to hundreds of documents, templates, training videos, on-demand webinars, and you get SME support from me. So if you have a question, you can email me directly anytime, here's a special offer for Game Changers listeners. Visit federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers today and get started for just $29. That's federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers to get started for just $29. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Josh Frank here. I will be your host today on Game Changers. We have a really exciting guest for you today. Me. I waited until Mike was on the phone and I quietly tiptoed around his desk and I've snuck into the recording studio because I've been wanting to record this podcast for months. I'm also planning on releasing this podcast via an article on LinkedIn in the coming weeks. So if we're not connected on LinkedIn, as you're listening to today's podcast, hop on LinkedIn and send me an invite. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about the future of government procurement. And over the last several years, I've been watching the market change. I don't have a crystal ball. Like, and like anyone else, I I can't see the future, but today's podcast is about predicting the direction of government procurement patterns and changes that are taking place. And then stay tuned because I'm going to finish today's episode by giving you several recommendations on what you can do to strategically position your company for the coming years. So let's start with the basic premise that there are challenges, especially small business challenges, in government acquisition. Okay, first challenge, the level of spend versus the size of the acquisition workforce. You know, the contracting, you've probably heard me say this before, uh, you know, the the contracting officer community used to be 100,000 strong. And now it's dropped to somewhere between, uh, I don't have exact numbers, but somewhere between 30 and 40,000. And on the flip side of that, you have appropriations where the funding has almost tripled, right? I mean, look at the Department of Defense. Um, The Defense Authorization Act that was recently signed at Fort Drum. It was for $717 billion, right? And if you look 15, 20 years ago, what was the DOD budget? It was like $250 billion, right? So to plant a seed that we'll be discussing here in a bit, this is why strategic sourcing is so valuable to the government, okay? And and I'll talk more about this uh, as we go through. So, uh, you have a third of the resources, contracting managers and specialists to manage all the contracts, yet appropriations have in funding have tripled. So, that's the first challenge. Second challenge there's less communication and interaction between the government and industry. There's supposed to be a partnership. Now, this is not a blanket statement. Some programs do this extremely well. Okay. Extremely well. Um, cybersecurity, uh, construction industries, you know, come to mind. Uh, Emily Hartman, who I've never met, uh, and she's the director of the Navy's small business program. Uh, and I've been watching her on LinkedIn. She's on fire. Her program, and her staff is one of the exceptions where I see extensive communication between government and industry, uh, where where Ms. Hartman's program is providing exceptional value and partnership, obviously and especially with the small business community. Uh, but those are exceptions, and because of the size of the acquisition workforce, you know, contracting officers and and specialists and the extensive increase in programs and requirements it's a simple matter of arithmetic there's just not enough time to maintain the necessary level of interaction and communication with industry so that's a second challenge the third the third ties into the second issue one of the reasons that there's less communication is because unlike 20 years ago, companies that sell to the government have added the protest, you know, protesting, as a core activity every time they lose a bid. And this has also forced the government to put up walls between themselves and government vendors. And so government employees that I interviewed for today's topic said they're, they're very cautious of every single word they say and every action they do, uh, when it comes to government contractors, because everyone now protests everything. Now I should add that you know the GAO is going to start charging companies for protests, and that's based on thresholds and and, and other items. But but that doesn't resolve the underlying issues right? You have many less contracting professionals, you have an incredible increase in government spending, and there is a lack of communication and partnership between government and industry. The fourth challenge is a lack of balance between the needs of industry, especially the small business community, And the current focus of government strategic sourcing initiatives. If you've ever heard me speak or keynote a conference or or watched one of my webinars or spoken with me or even listened to me on, on other, you know, game changer episodes, you know, I love coaching, right? Especially small business community. And I always go off on tangents. So a quick tangent on reverse auctions, which I don't think are good for business. For all the value that the government gets from reverse auctions, reverse auctions are terrible for industry. Now, by their very nature, they magnify what we often call low-price technically acceptable, right? They magnify LPTA. In fact, in the last several weeks, uh, one defense contractor announced that their contract with the government to run reverse auctions was not renewed reverse auctions are still taking place and will for i'm sure several years on various platforms but i predict that various strategic sourcing initiatives will replace reverse auctions okay now Let's I'm going to jump uh, jump to something else real quick. Let's talk GSA schedules because the future of government procurement involves them. One of the, at first they're one of the most common and recognizable contract vehicles in the government market. So for those that are totally brand new to government, what is a GSA schedule? Well, it's simply a contract vehicle. It's a license to hunt. You don't win anything or make any money unless you market it and get the government to use it and buy from you. And and I'll go off on another tangent. All those GSA schedule application service companies, you know, companies that will help you get a schedule, often don't tell you all the facts. For example, currently 17,300 companies have GSA schedules. 50% fail to make money with their GSA schedule, right? And if you look at the total number of SAM registrations, I'll put it about 600,000. I'm off one side or the other, but we'll use that number. Only uh, 2.9%, 3% of companies actually use a schedule, okay? So several comments on GSA schedules, as pertains to the future of government procurement. They are de facto category management and strategic sourcing, right? That I mean, GSA schedules are category management. They are strategic sourcing. Uh, so, so cat management and, and programs like FSSI, Federal Strategic Sourcing Initiative, Strategic Sourcing in general, it is not new to the government it is not new to federal acquisitions and in fact there's a pilot that is either getting ready to start or is already taking place to test a possible replacement for gsa schedules now i know i've just grabbed many of you many of your uh, your attention and you're going what? what what are you talking about i've got a schedule the average schedule of purchase, especially for commodities, has been reported to be at or less than 25000 And so the article, the report that I read, the government is, is piloting, building an online shopping portal. I haven't seen it, but I've, I've been told it's similar, at least from a capability perspective, to Advantage, GSA Advantage, FedMall, other online shopping storefronts. And they're also thinking about, not doing it, but thinking about increasing the micro purchase threshold to $25,000, right? Now, we know that micro purchase um, has already increased several times in the last two years alone, right? Uh, I mean, what, federal agencies have gone up to $10,000, uh, DOD's gone up to 5000 may have that backwards. I think that's right, though. Um but not 25, right? From several government folks, I've been told they are evaluating if the GSA schedule program, can it be improved? Can it be modified? Or should it, based on technology and current industry practices, become obsolete? In other words, should they simply increase the micro-purchase threshold on this New system to twenty five thousand dollars, and just onboard sellers into the system. So, regardless of the pilot, the value of a GSA schedule is not going away. The government, at least, uh, definitely schedules alone are not going to disappear for for at least five ten years. That, that's my opinion. But you know the value of a GSA schedule. You know the government's insuring. You've been in business for a couple of years. You can prove that you have a decent business model. They negotiate competitive rates with you. But everything they currently do, they can also do with an online system, which they've already proven with other acquisition solutions. So whether it's five or 10 years, I believe that we're going to see the capability, the functionality. And the value of the GSA schedule program morphed into an online system that is capable of more strongly supporting industry best practices for category management and strategic sourcing. You know, I I anticipate it'll be similar to what happened with companies that fought for space on GSA's FSSI contracts, right? The Federal Strategic Strategic Sourcing Initiative contracts. I predict all GSA schedule holders will be invited to compete for a space in the new online e-commerce portal or some similar solution. And if you don't make it onto that contract, onto that portal, your GSA schedule will be worth very little, because no one will be able to buy from it anymore. And then GSA will probably just let your schedules expire. So today, GSA schedules are safe. Okay, let me be very clear. The world is not ending, but the writing is already on the wall. And I anticipate the GSA schedule program morphing into a more strategically sourced online solution. I don't know what that tool is gonna be, but I believe that GSA schedules are moving towards end of life, okay? So, I've touched on reverse auctions and GSA schedules, but I haven't touched on MATOX, you know, multiple award task order contracts, or MAX, multiple award contracts and other IDIQs, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity procurements. But before I do, I want to make sure that we're all on the same sheet of music when it comes to the basics of government procurement. And I want to delve a little deeper into strategic sourcing. So in the procurement system, the government's goal is to obtain the best value products and services for agencies, missions, and, and for taxpayers, and, and part of, you know, one of the objectives is, is to avoid waste and fraud and abuse and, and while focusing on, you know, innovation, you know, innovative acquisition methods. Most of us that have been in the government space for a while, and, and for those of you that are new, you know, the common mechanisms are, you know, schedules, uh, BPAs, uh, basic full and open competitions, simplified acquisitions. MATOX and SATOX and IDIQs and and I'll, I'll continue with the alphabet uh you know SBIRs and STTRs you know and and purchase cards for micro purchases uh you have set-asides and and complementary contracts for small and large uh opportunities and then you got all these systems out there FBO and GSAE buy, Debs reverse auctions etc cetera, etc cetera. and all of these mechanisms And acquisition models or or vehicles are based on strategic sourcing and category management. So I will say there are two things uh, to this point. One, GSA schedules are not going anywhere for a good number of years, okay? But they are gonna be less and less valuable to you as the government and each agency moves further down the road of strategic sourcing and category management okay and just remember none of this is new all of these procurement mechanisms that are that are in place today that that government contractors use they're all forms of strategic sourcing okay so let me go down the rabbit hole And a little history, you know, at its core, strategic sourcing is leveraging purchasing power, but by its very nature and how it is able to provide value, it means less vendors and less contractors will be supplying any given product or service. It means the government can be heavy handed and say, hey, Josh, if you want to be on this contract, if you want your company on this contract you'll be one of very few which will have guaranteed revenue, but you're going to have to drop your price. Now, what they're not saying, uh, but is clearly evident, is you must lower your margins. Now, of course, there's a trade-off, because if you lower your margins, but you greatly increase your sales volume, right, because you're only one of a handful of companies at that point, you're still likely to make more money overall, even at a lower margin as a government contractor, if you don't get on the contract, you're pretty much shut out of the market. Now, the flip side, as a taxpayer, strategic sourcing and category management is critical. Let me say it again, is critical to future cost control and for a better streamlined acquisition process. But on the other hand, strategic sourcing does not take into account the full impact to the business community. Nor does it attempt to achieve the necessary balance required by both sides of the supply chain, right? And that's government and industry. So strategic sourcing is not new. You know, for example, GSA schedules, right? That's a for, They are a form of strategic sourcing and category management. And in the, the first several years, that the government implemented GSA schedules. The only way to sell certain products or services to the government was if you had a schedule, but the government realized that only authorizing procurements through GSA schedules created major challenges, not, not just for government, but for industry. And so several years after implementing schedules, as a government-wide solution, the requirement to only use gsa schedules was rescinded was removed well fssi that's you know gsa's federal strategic sourcing initiative and other strategic strategic sourcing initiatives are moving forward with similar concepts and strategies right now today yes strategic sourcing will help to better leverage the government's buying power But current government strategy is not taking into account the full impact to the business community or even attempting to achieve the necessary balance required by both sides of the supply chain. Again, government and industry. You know, uh, another current example, DECA or the Defense Commissary Agency, right? They're moving towards privatization. And private label and consolidation, you know, uh, and de- and the commissary, that, that's, you know, that's uh, supermarkets, right, on military bases. Private label is already taking place. Privatization, I think it's unlikely, but consolidation is probably inevitable. And so assuming military commissaries, the supermarkets, and in military exchanges, box stores, right, like Target and Walmart, uh, that they're going to all consolidate. If you're one of the companies that sells to this $20 billion government market, your entire world is shifting right now, okay? So let's let's move in a different direction and talk some quick history, right? Uh, let's talk GSA's FSSI program, their strategic sourcing initiative. There's five major programs right now Building and maintenance operations, wireless janitorial office supplies, and MRO, maintenance, repair, and operations. And all of these are multi, you know, million, if not billion-dollar programs. And back in August of 2016, I sat down. I sat down with Congressman uh Luke Meyer. And Senator McCaskill's staff, so representing, you know, the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, both Republican and Democrat. And I walked through the numbers of what happened to small businesses when office supplies fell under strategic sourcing. The government put a great spin on it and said it was uh, an acquisition like any other acquisition and that they were taking advantage of of strategic sourcing principles but but this one was different because <clears throat> because no matter what if you weren't selected to be on this contract you could you could not sell office supplies to the government and hundreds of companies with GSA schedules that didn't get on the contract were told hey you can keep your schedule but the government's probably not going to buy a whole lot from you. You'll still get some micro-purchase buys. But that was it. Hundreds of small companies went out of business pretty much overnight. And I had these discussions with, you know, uh, my congressman and with my senator. Um, and uh, there was some traction. But And we'll talk more about that as we go through this. But bottom line strategic sourcing is still full speed ahead. So I've been champion, uh, been a champion of of small business uh, my entire career. I, I mean, I've been working in or supporting public sector, the government market for, you know, wow, it's 28 years now. And I've been watching and I've been listening to various, you know, professionals, consultants, counselors, small business offices, talking about the various updates to small business regulations and how great they are for small business. But one of our clients recently asked a very interesting question. Uh, And she asked, but don't small business regulations protect against the impacts of strategic sourcing? And that's a great question because small business regulations are a double-edged sword. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I want everyone to understand is that regulations are, are, for the most part, yeah, you can call them long-term, but I see them as very short-term solutions that must be integrated with the government's overall encompassing acquisition strategy. Yes, there have been major changes, very advantageous changes to small business regs. Uh, you know, look at for a couple examples, right? The uh, all small business men are program. But now they're rolling back some of the value and limiting how or how often small companies can, can use it. Uh, limitations on subcontracting, right? We're a similar entity. Uh, if you're a woman owned, you have a sub that's a woman owned company. They can, your sub can count towards a 51%. That's awesome. Uh, mixed type contracts, right? If you have a contract that's both product and service, uh, whichever one is greater dollar value, product or service, that's the NAICS code, right? And there's more to it, but but it, it's a it's a great new reg, uh, and then even affiliation rules. You know they're really cracking down to protect uh, the honest small companies and and keep the uh, the the bad companies from winning. But you have to look at all of these various small business regulations from the bigger picture. You know, the small business community is excited. And and, and look, I get it, rightfully so, about all these changes. These changes are very beneficial today. But they're going to become less and less beneficial as the government moves increasingly more and more towards strategic sourcing and category management. And you may be thinking, Josh, I, I you're getting a little cerebral with me. <laughs> I, I, it's almost philosophical. Give me an example. And, and so, you know, before I decide to record this and, and sneak into the studio, uh, and by the way, I can see Mike, he's hammering on the window, the glass. I'm, I am in his domain. Um, I'm going to ignore him for a minute. And, um, I'm going to give you an example that I thought about before I, I, I came on today. And that example is this. Let's, we're going to use office supplies, okay? And we're going to go back a couple of decades. Assume there were 3,000 primary companies that, that sell office supplies, uh, and that includes Office Max and Staples and other large brick and mortar and, and and lots of small companies, right? Hundreds and hundreds of small businesses. At the time, there were no GSA schedules, right? I, again, we're really going back. Bear with me. But then GSA schedules start being used, and while all three thousand companies can sell to the government. GSA Schedules, a form of strategic sourcing, awards schedules to 650 companies, okay? And the government told uh, told the, the federal agencies, you can still buy open market. However, we've negotiated competitive rates on this new program called the GSA Schedule. And so agencies start using GSA Schedules more and more year over year, And now instead of having 3,000 companies making the majority of the money, it's down to 650 companies. So only 22%, if my math is right, 22% of the previously successful companies are now actually selling to the government. Now I want you to jump forward to the last 10 years. And GSA says, you know, (laughs) we want to, we want to leverage industry best practices and we want to leverage pricing and get lower pricing and get a bigger bang for the buck and we'll get a lower we'll get lower pricing if we leverage the market and so we're going to create a program and we're going to call it the federal strategic sourcing initiative or FSSI the FSSI program office puts out a strategic sourcing solicitation for office supplies, and they ask all companies, especially all the GSA schedule holders, but not limited to them, everybody, to bid. And they, they awarded 20 contracts, or the third generation uh, right now, currently. They award 20 contracts from which 19 of the 20... Our small business. And GSA says, wow, wow, look at this. 95% of the companies that we've given awards to are small business. Is this not awesome? Look how we're supporting small business. Look at how we are supporting the federal mandates to support smaller companies. And I would say to you, right, I would say to you, we need to look at the bigger picture <clears throat> now we've dropped from 3000 companies down to 650 down to 20 when the government started using gsa schedules 22% of companies selling to the government were then making money i and and bear with me I, that 3000 number i is is i i pulled out of the air so you know don't fully quote these numbers the 20 companies currently on the contract though absolutely is is valid is is an accurate number so i'm using this as an example and so now only 20 companies are being used by federal agencies we've dropped again from 22 percent to less than one percent of office supply companies making sales to the government on a consistent basis. So let's bring this full circle. We have outstanding progress on small business regulations, regulations that are truly beneficial to small business. But I offer you this question, what good are these regulations when the government is maximizing its leverage and only allowing a handful of companies to sell to the government anyway? This is what I call, at least in terms of the government, negative market leverage, right? Negative market leverage. The government is touting, enacting, and promoting extensive regulation updates for small business. But it's also moving at light speed to facilitate a massive shift in strategic sourcing and category management. The problem is that small business regulations... And the shifts in strategic sourcing and category management are being enacted under separate programs, separate regulations, and the government is not taking this into account. So the government is doing what taxpayers and agencies want. They're leveraging price by saying, hey, if you want to be one of the 20 companies that all agencies will buy from, then you got to lower your price to X. And that's the objective of strategic sourcing to leverage contractors and get the lowest possible pricing. But if there's only 20 companies in the world that agencies will buy from, Office Supplies is a perfect example, that's negative leverage because it eliminates the majority of the market. What I'm trying to say is that all the small business regulations in the country will mean nothing to all the companies and small businesses when agencies are no longer allowed to buy from them. That's negative market leverage. So since I use GSA schedules in the example for office supplies, you may be thinking, well, Josh, doesn't the government only buy a small percentage on GSA schedules? I I always hear other government experts say, you may not need a GSA schedule to start because only a small percentage of the government spend is purchased on schedule. And, and yes, that's right. That's absolutely right. Um, I mean, there's still billions and billions and billions on schedule. I mean, information technology is huge. But whether you should have a GSA schedule is based on a multitude of factors. And every company is different, all right? It's not based on just your industry, okay? So there's no right answer that, that applies to every company. Today, on average, eh, somewhere around 10% of all government spend is on GSA schedule. That's still billions and hundreds of billions of dollars, right? Now, many experts will say, Josh, hey, buddy, the sky's not falling because 90% of purchases are not on GSA schedule. They're open market, Josh, and or, or they're on other contract vehicles. And because a large percentage is being procured, more and more on on MAX and MATOX and IDIQs, right, multiple award contracts, Uh, and because of the move more and more towards strategic sourcing and to ensure the government is buying from reputable companies and because they are leveraging best price almost at a low price technically acceptable threshold, we're actually going to see less and less procurements that are open market. And I see this happening over the next five to 10 years because I already see it today. Many of us see it today. So the position that only 10% of spend is on GSA schedules doesn't take into account the increased reliance on other strategic, strategic sourcing methods. So here's a bottom line. All of the recent changes to small business regulations are excellent, but many are going to be superseded and overcome by the larger shifts in strategic sourcing and category management. Look, who cares? Who cares if small business regulations provide for more set-asides or force contracting officers to release more bids to small companies? Or or carve out more spend for 8A or woman-owned or veteran or hub or what have you. If the government continues down the road it's going, right now, only a fraction of current government contractors will be selling to the government anyway. At that point, the small business regs will only apply to a handful of companies. So, you know, whether there are 3,000 companies selling office supplies to the government or 60, the government will continue to say, look at our small business numbers. We're still meeting federally mandated small business percentages. They just won't say that their ability to meet those numbers is with a pool of only 60 companies and that they just shut out 45,000 others, right? And many of which are going to go out of business. For right or wrong, government is their primary revenue stream. My point is strategic sourcing is transforming government procurement strategy much more than many realize. So you might be asking, okay, why aren't we hearing more about this? You know, Josh, you're sounding like the world is falling. and It's not. This shift will take many years. But if you're in this market to stay, and to, and to protect and maintain and grow your revenue streams, you have got to start paying attention to it. So why aren't you here? Why aren't you hearing more about this? Well, it's a combination of one, the current administration, and two, from an agency perspective, agencies are more liaison fair, you know, more hands off. And they're not as transparent as they have been in the past. Uh, has, hasn't anyone else noticed that federal agencies seem to be more flexible and autonomous the last four or five years? If they want to do something, they pretty much do it. It's a lot easier to say, hey, we've already implemented this new process, this new strategic sourcing initiative, and see, it works It works. It's an outstanding solution. The problem, as I see it, right, is that agencies are no different than corporate America. You can pretty much interpret the data and massage the data any way you want. On top of this, while there are committees in the House of Representatives and and in the U.S. Senate that oversees small business, the last several years, they've been more focused on Partisan politics, party preservation, not rocking the boat, and other bills uh, that are a lot easier to get signed, right? And, and I'm not on one side or the other, right? I'm not on the Democrat or Republican side, and, and, and I sure wouldn't be talking about that publicly. Uh, my point is there are committees that are, are in Congress that are supposed to be overseeing small business, and there's just so much other background noise. That I don't think small I don't think they realize, first of all, that small businesses are about to be slammed, just totally cremated. Creamed, creamed, cremated, what a horrible word. Creamed by the government. Okay. And and all of this allows agencies to be more autonomous in their decisions. Yes, there's still congressional oversight, but that oversight has been and currently is very clouded okay so as a result federal agencies are focused on protecting their buckets of money and using that money on programs as their leadership sees fit and in this case strategic sourcing and category management is all the buzz and leveraging the number of government contractors and their pricing is their focus Now, on the flip side, yeah, Congress is supposed to be focused on protecting the interests of small business. And while they're doing this, the various partisan politics aren't taking up much of their time. Their job, Congress's job, is to help create a balance. Those committees, those small business committees, part of their job is to help create a balance between protecting the small business community and the fiduciary responsibility of protecting taxpayer dollars. Our dollars, all of our dollars. You know, so compared to years past, there's less of a check and balance between federal acquisition strategy and congressional oversight. And as a result, fewer small businesses are going to be selling to the federal government. Once more and more strategic sourcing programs put in place. Nobody can argue that fact. That is a result of strategic sourcing. So all of the awesome small business regulations going into effect will be less impactful because the regulations are going to be for smaller number of government contractors. And from a congressional perspective, we're losing the balance between regulation, strategic sourcing, and protecting the needs of small business. Uh, I said it before, you know, it sounds very philosophical. You really have to look at this from a strategic perspective. And most companies can't do this because they're focused on making the next sale. So by the time strategic sourcing has expanded across the government, it'll be too late for most companies. It'll already be a done deal. So what can you do? You as a government contractor to influence what's happening and and to protect your position and future available revenue stream. And, And by the way, don't think for a minute that strategic sourcing only impacts small business. It impacts large business at the exact same level. There's just many more small companies (laughs) in the country and and most don't have the cash flow or the reserves to protect against losing all their future sales right and that's the road the government is moving down and and i am sure uh that i will get lots of feedback to this podcast to this episode from some government folks uh is a lot yeah you know, that's a double edged sword right they are not a lot of them are, are are told you are never to go public with anything but i'm 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 hoping i'm i'm praying that some in government right will reach out to me and go hey you got this wrong or you don't know about this program i i am begging to be corrected right bait, but, but I'm telling you, I, I may get corrected on some of these pieces, but I think overall, what I'm talking about today is going to happen. Why? Because it has been happening the last several years and it is seriously impacting a ton of companies. Okay. So, you know, what can you do? Well, you know, since 90% of, of companies in the country. And and because I am a champion of the small business community, there's only one way. There's only one way that, that, that the small business community can protect itself. We must all engage our representatives and our senators and convince them that there must be a balance, must be a balance to both sides of the supply chain. (coughs) Yes, the government should leverage pricing to get goods and services at at competitive rates. As a taxpayer, of course I agree with that. But there should also be a balance where the small business community is protected as well. All right, so I'm going off on another tangent. Bear with me. This balance can absolutely take place. It can happen. But neither federal agencies nor Congress are working together on this. There are different incentives on both sides, okay? This has to be a grassroots effort. A handful of companies are not going to influence congressional focus. We need tens of thousands of companies and business owners to engage their representatives and demand that we slow down strategic sourcing until we put processes in place to balance the needs of not just the community but the small business community also if you don't know what the federal register is when agencies or the department of defense wants to change regulations you know like the far uh, they post their pending updates to the federal register and you have the ability to respond with feedback if you don't have a free account make one and, and make your voice heard please make your voice heard uh, but I personally don't believe from experience that the Federal Register is going to slow down or force a balance when it comes to, to strategic sourcing. Again, the primary check and balance, in, in this case, at this point in time, is Congress. And there are very few companies that understand the challenges and lack of balance or have spoken with their representatives. And I've been thinking about I've been thinking about standing up a coalition to take this head on, but it's a lost cause if the small business community doesn't understand the challenge and doesn't come together to influence the acquisition strategy. You know, if we, if we get enough feedback, if I get enough feedback from, from this podcast uh, and, and the post that I'm gonna be publishing on LinkedIn, I'll stand up a coalition And and I hope this discussion on the future of government procurement helps you better understand how fast the government is moving, how fast the acquisition landscape is changing, and how important it is for the small business community to band together with one voice and ask for balance. Most companies... You know, they, they think, eh, someone else is going to give me a voice. Someone else will, will will take up, sounds like Josh, he's the guy, he's going he's gonna to stand up, he'll do it for me, okay? You're thinking, I don't have time to make myself heard. I have sales to make, I have a company to run, right? But what you don't realize is that those sales are going to disappear if a balance is not struck. Sure, you're making sales today but it's entirely possible that your market's going to disappear, could disappear in several years. So I need you to keep an eye on what's happening. I need you to stay informed. So, okay, let's finish on a brighter note. (laughs) The fall, the sky is not falling tomorrow. Okay. Uh, All of what I'm talking about, I predict is going to take place over many years, but But let's finish on a brighter note. So based on what's happening in the government space, how can you, how can you, whether you're a small or a large company, how can you prepare for a more strategically sourced market? And so I've got, uh, I think I've got four core recommendations I'm going to give you. First, starting right now, start focusing on MATOX, Max, IDIQs, GWAX, all those contract vehicles. Uh, and, and this includes getting on a GSA schedule if you've done the research and your research confirms that you should get one, okay? <clears throat> the research to validate if you, if you should get a GSA schedule is not as simple as confirming if agencies use schedules, right? We have a step-by-step outline as part of federal access that, that helps you do this by yourself. I would say if any of the listeners are interested in figuring out if they should have a schedule, just reach out to, to Mike or, or myself and we'll point you in the right direction, right? But every multiple award contract that you're on will help you better position in the market, especially a market that is increasingly more and more uh, focused on strategic sourcing. You know, Uh, These multiple award contracts, less competition, higher probability of a contract win, helps you weather the storm of continuing resolutions or government shutdowns, uh, and all the changes that are taking place today and what I predict is going to be coming in the future. I predict accelerated use of existing uh, MACs and, and, and GWACs and MATOX and IDIQs as the future of strategic sourcing. So that, my first recommendation don't just simply get all those, you know, full and open one one-off contracts. Make sure your capture strategy has these Macs, these GWACs, Matox. All right. You gotta start winning some of those and get on either prime them or get on Teams. Second, <laughs> second, whichever agencies you currently target or you have contracts with. Don't simply focus on winning contracts. Yeah, let me say it again. Don't simply focus on winning contracts. Start asking questions about future acquisition direction. You know, take the Department of Veterans Affairs, for example. You know, before the Prime Vendor Program was comp- uh, was competed, you know, there were many more companies selling medical supplies to the VA. And when Prime Vendor was awarded the number of companies with direct access was made much smaller. Most of the companies that made it on to Prime Vendor, they knew that the VA was extensively, was moving extensively towards strategic sourcing and category management. They knew it was coming. They knew that if they wanted to maintain and grow their business, they had to win. You know, it didn't matter how much they sold before, how strong their relationships were, or what contracts they held. If they didn't make it on That prime vendor, that's a, for the most part, it's a, you know, it's a MATOC. It's a multiple award task order contract. They were likely shut out of the market or would have to subcontract to those that won. Most companies that were not aware of what prime vendor was going to be before the acquisition didn't make it onto the contract. This process is going to start taking place across the entire government. So whether you're new to government uh, or your, your company has 50 million in sales or 300 million or 2 billion, you've got to understand the direction that your agencies are taking. If you're talking to a contract manager with FDA and they say, yes, we're looking at possibly moving our buys to a, a government wide or we're looking at streamlining our buys and we'll be releasing an RFP in the next year then collecting intelligence and information on this becomes one of your company's most strategic initiatives. In fact, I would argue it is more important than that contract, uh, that proposal you're writing in in, in three months uh, for that one opportunity. It is so important. Third, keep focusing on building relationships. I mean, relationships are the key to everything, right? I mean, it, I that's not uh, i'm not giving you this is not rocket science right i'm not giving you some lightning truth everybody knows that it's how you're going to consistently win contracts today and it's how you're going to be prepared for when the government shifts or your agencies shift more and more towards strategic sourcing and finally last i want you to contact your representatives and senators don't rely on me to do it, okay? I'm just one person, uh, and, and if I get enough feedback, I'll stand up a coalition. Uh, but I've got to know that there's enough people out there interested, right, and understand, and that's a major purpose of this podcast, make you understand what's coming. Uh, but I want you to contact your representatives and senators. Tell them that we've lost some of the checks and balances and that we need a stronger balance between strategic sourcing initiatives and the needs of industry, and the small business community. Help me help you, okay? Forward a link, forward a link for this episode to your representatives, to your senators, or even the media as a supporting resource. And so I'll close with one final thought. If you're a government contractor, or you want to be, you have to assume, at least strategically, that in the coming years, that strategic sourcing is going to extensively transform the market. So start competing as a prime or subcontractor on various contract vehicles. I want you to ask questions. I want you to collect information. Find out what your targeted agencies are doing from a strategic sourcing perspective. And make sure that your capture strategy, you know, your sales strategy, is heavily focused on building relationships, not simply responding on FBO. And finally, if you're listening today and you're a member of Congress or the media and you'd like to talk with me about strategic sourcing and its impact to the small business community, please reach out to me. I would enjoy having that discussion. I want to take a minute to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode. Remember that you can find every episode on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just look for Game Changers for government contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. Last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the Federal Access Program at federal-access.com. When you visit the site today, you will learn how to get a free copy of the Government Sales Manual. Be sure to tune in next week for lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.